Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. We are excited that you're listening with us again, and we want to thank you for um, taking the time to tune into these episodes. I hope that you are growing spiritually through them. I hope that your faith is being restored as you're listening to um, these episodes and hearing the testimonies that we've been sharing. And I hope that you're doing two things. I'm going to give you two homework assignments. Your first homework assignment is to share these episodes with somebody else. We had a lot of feedback on our last episode called Trusting God in Seasons of Hardship and heard from people who were very encouraged because everybody we know is going through a season of hardship. They're either going to be in a season right now, or coming out of a season of hardship, or preparing to go into one. And so that's a great episode that doesn't just pertain to marriage, but it pertains to life. And so that's a good episode to share with um, those around you. Your second homework assignment is we would love it if you would leave us a review. So you can go to um, wherever you listen to your podcast, and there's a place to leave a review. And if you leave a review, that is just helpful for us, and it um, helps us be able to be seen by others. And that's what we want. We don't want to just spread Um, you know, the Fight for Your Marriage podcast and Rejoice Marriage Ministries. But what we want to do is let people know that there is hope for their hurting marriage. Let me read one review that was left by Grateful Believer Kate. And she said, this podcast has been a lifesaver for me. When my husband abandoned me, I was beyond devastated and bewildered. He may fail me, but what about my God? This isn't who he is. He is a redeemer. The messages of hope here have helped reconnect me to the truth. God is for restoration. He is for our marriages. He is for my spouse, and he is able to do far more than we ask. I am standing because of you. I can't see God working, but because of your ministry, I know that he is. Thank you for helping me believe and standing with me. And thank you for that review, um, Grateful Believer Kate. But if you could leave us a review, we would appreciate it. Um, Grateful Believer Kate, if you're listening to this, if you would contact us, we would love to send you a gift as a thank you um, for leaving that and having it read on this episode. So today we're going to talk about a difficult topic. It's not one of those fun, cushy topics. So before you press stop on your device... I want you to buckle up because we're going to talk about loving your enemies. Oh, are you going to say, me, love my enemies? Who are my enemies? I can think of one, my husband or wife, or maybe the in-laws, or maybe your extended family members that are, are not agreeing with what you're doing and standing and praying for restoration. So we are asking you to think wide about not using the word enemies, but God uses the word enemies in the Bible. And so I want you to think like what the Lord is saying about loving your enemies and what that means. Right. And one person that, you know, you may view as an enemy could be the other person that is involved in your spouse's life right now. And for some of you listening, you may not be aware of another person that your spouse is involved with, and maybe they're not. But if you are going through a separation or divorce, it may be something that one day you're faced with. And we just want to encourage you 
to ready yourself to be able to show that person love. Um, it's hard to do. It, it When you're looking at your spouse and a relationship with another person, you want to have hate and disgust for that person. Our sinful nature says you should hate that person. That person is playing a role in the demise of your marriage. But God tells us something different through his word, and that's what we're really going to talk about today. And I can totally relate to what you're going through because when I found out that Bob um, had another person um, and was being unfaithful, I was devastated. And then I turned into anger. And yes, I was a Christian, and yes, I was a believer, but I listened to others instead of seeking the Lord. And that is what we want you to do today, is seek the Lord and ask Him, what does He want you to do in your daily life and loving your enemies and every week, every month, as long as it goes? The Bible has so much to say about loving your enemies, and we're going to share some of those scriptures um, with you today. And some of them may be familiar to you, and some of them may not. Um, one that I love is from Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 18, says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Period. End of story. doesn't say live at peace with those who are kind to you. Live at peace with those who haven't disrupted your family. Live at peace with everyone. And then when you continue on, it says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that is an assignment that is possible, but it's not always easy. No, and the Lord gave me that scripture many, many years ago when Bob was gone, and I thought, that is not an easy uh, scripture to live by, and especially when you have um, your spouse committing adultery or, um, or is living on Christ's life. And so when we read the Bible, we need to read it as it applies to us daily. It's not for... Um, just to read it. It's to read it and apply it to our lives and examine our lives right. to see if we are doing what the Word says. Absolutely. And the more we read it, the more we can become like Christ. That's our goal with it. You know, we talked last episode about we can't pick up the Bible and read it to say, okay, God, like what, how are you going to help me? How everything's about me? How can I find the answer to this question in here? And it's about us becoming like Christ. And as we become more like Him, that's when we see change happen in our life. So and true. As we talk today about loving your enemies, um, you know, we have a few specific examples about the other person. You know, I want you to think about the other person that your spouse may be involved with, or maybe one day you'll find out they were involved with somebody. And likely, if you traced the um, the origins of that person back, there could be a lot of families impacted because of that relationship. Your family is impacted. The person your spouse may be with may have left a marriage. So there's another family that's impacted. They may have relatives or coworkers that are impacted because they said, well, so-and-so got divorced. And so if their marriage can't make it, my marriage can't make it. 
And it's just such a chain reaction. It's so much further than just one family. And that's what we have to really realize that we should want to pray that the person our spouse is involved with would go back to their spouse. Positively. And if they or their spouse are not saved, pray for the salvation of that entire family. Right, right. God wants all people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we have somebody we know that is living in sin, we need to pray for them. If you know somebody at work and you hear about the coworker and their family is having a lot of issues and unbelievers, you need to just mentally start praying for that family. And, you know, as we're looking at the repercussions of sin and we see all of the damage that it causes and all of these people along the way, you can ask God to give you a mercy and a love for that other person. You know, we've had situations where um, a man and a woman, two Christian people, were praying for their spouses who were involved with each other. And they had two people standing behind them that were saying, listen, we love you. We want you to come back to our marriage. And you have no idea what God's going to do through the other person or through your relationship with the other person. Um, I wanted to just share a few examples with you. We had a testimony, and if you read the Saturday testimonies, you probably have seen this. Let me read it for you. The other person found out about me and called me today. She thought my husband and I had been divorced for eight years. Thanks to Charlene, I was able to approach her with love and grace. I told her that I loved her several times. I apologized for her heartbreak. I told her that I will continue to pray for her. She was a sweet woman. We talked about God and how we both were Christians. She is kicking him out. The other person wished me a restored marriage. That's one example of many that we've received over the years of people that have had the opportunity to minister to the other person. And just like in this situation, you have no idea what the other person knows about you and your family. And you may be thinking, well, they know they're destroying a family. Well, if your spouse is lying to them, like in this case, they may not have a clue that the there is a wife or a husband behind. And so I it's such a good example of how we can pray for the other person um, in our lives. Sometimes you have an opportunity to minister to them face-to-face, and you had that opportunity. Absolutely. Bob called me on a Sunday afternoon and asked me to meet with the other woman as she was going through a very difficult crisis in her own life. And Bob said, I know of no one you could talk to better than my wife because she knows the Bible and could easily help you. And so she agreed And I went to meet the other woman to pray for her additional problems that she had in her marriage. And I said, Lord, is this right? I'm scared to meet her. But you know what? The Lord said, she's my child, and I want you to share what you know about the Word and how to love others. And that's a huge opportunity. I mean, a huge obstacle also because— that probably took a lot to go there and to sit across from this person that you could blame for ruining your marriage. Oh, yes. I had to surrender everything to the Lord because I had to bite my tongue and not say what I thought I might say to her when I meet her for the first time, but that I could talk to her and be sympathetic to her own issues of what was going on in her own marriage 
one of the scriptures the Lord reminded me that day was love for your enemies. So in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, it says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that they may be sons of your Father in heaven. Exactly what we're talking about today. Pray for those who persecute you. Another example that we have is Natasha, and we did an episode where she shared her restoration testimony. You can go back and listen to it. It's episode 117, but Natasha has a powerful story of how the other person was pivotal in her husband coming home, and that's what we're trying to convince you today and try to get you to just believe and understand that instead of using so much energy to have hate and spite towards the other person, you can partner with them and praying for them and praying that God would be revealed in their life and praying that he would convict them of the sin that they're involved in and that through that conviction, they would act on it and they would break off the relationship. And we've seen it happen time and time again. Let me share a little clip out of that um, podcast episode 117 with Natasha. How did Tim come home? What what was happening in, hmm. in your lives that led up to him physically coming home? When Tim, so the catalyst for Tim coming home, this is such a great, a great way of how God works. You know, um, women would come to me all the time, especially women in the church, and they would apologize for their husbands not having the courage or the desire to go and talk to Tim while we were separated. You know, they'd be like, I'm so sorry. I, I tried to get Pat to go and see him and or Joe or whatever, whoever it was. And and he, just, he doesn't really know him well. And he's, I was like, please, I release you from that. Please go and release your husband from that obligation, please. Because God is going to speak when God speaks. And I don't need any one of them because God will speak when he's going to speak. So I really believed that, but I still did not see it coming the way that it came. Um, so Tim was actually with another woman pretty seriously towards the back half of our separation. And um, in, in typical God fashion, he likes to make it really obvious that it was him who did the work. So she is a, a stunning model and um, is smart. She's an engineer. I mean, she, she was an amazing uh, classy woman, I will say. And um, it was her that God spoke through. Wow. And it was the other woman. And um, Tim tells this story really well, but basically he rolled over one morning and he said, Hey, you know what would be really great. It would be really great if um, I took this job in Switzerland because he had a job offer in, in Europe. I took this job in Switzerland. You came with me and we just started over. And she literally, who loved him. She loved him. She's told me since she loved him. Um, she looked at him and said, actually, that would be great. That would be fun. I, I would like that. But the best case scenario would be that you fall in love with your wife and raise your kids. Wow. And Tim said that, that the moment she said it, it was like this switch flicked in his head. I believe the veil was lifted and he immediately had a railroad track to me. He said he tried to go for a run right after that. And he was running along the ocean. And he said, literally every step he took which was further away from where I am, 
it was wrong. He he was like physically manifesting this like desire to turn around. Yes. And um, that, yeah, like literally he got back from that run and he called me and he, um, he told mm-hmm. me, he told me, and this is another thing that's important to know, you know, your, your hope is in what God will do. My hope was never in what Tim would do or say, you know, I had to get over that. That took a while, but I had to get over that. My hope and my faith is not rooted in what he would say or do for better or worse. And so when, when he came back and we hadn't spoken on the phone in, in a long time and he said, I, I'm, I don't love you. I haven't loved you in a long time. And I've spent the last year destroying every bit of love I've ever had for you, but I really cannot see myself without the boys. And I cannot see myself being alone without them. And I hope that I can one day love you again. If you're willing to try. And what was your reaction? (laughs) I I was like the lie won the lottery. I mean, I was like, I was praising God. I was jumping up and down. I was trying not to sound like a crazy person on the phone and be like calm and, you know, absolutely. I can relate. I can relate. People thought I, that, that was like the worst sales pitch of all time. I mean, you know, but what I understood was, again, my hope is not rooted in what he, the, the exact things that he is saying. My hope is in God and God has told me, I will bring your husband home, keep the closets empty, you know, keep his, keep his, his pictures on the wall. I will bring him home and it will be the way I do it. And so, yeah, it was like, not. Honestly, I never once felt disappointed with how he said that to me, actually. Praise the Lord. That's a dramatic example of God using the other person to bring a spouse home. And who's to say that that's not what happens in your situation? Um, But we can trust God as we continue to love our enemies and love those around us. Um, you know, another person that you may encounter in the midst of this, you mentioned in-laws a little earlier, and, you know, you have a whole family that was once your family, your brother-in-law, your sister-in-law, your aunts, your uncles, your cousins, everybody that your spouse was related to that when you joined together became part of your family. When a marriage crisis happens, people panic and they don't know what to do. And and the in-laws sometimes pull away from you. Sometimes you might be the one pulling away from them. But we just really want to encourage you to continue those relationships, continue to um, love them, cultivate those relationships, don't give up on them. Um, you know, your mother-in-law is your mother-in-law. You can. You don't have to be out of her life just because you and your spouse are going through a separation right now. Um, you can continue that relationship. But there will be some spouses that will say you cannot go and see them. I, we've heard that. We know that can happen. But you don't know what God's going to do on your own circumstances. Exactly. So you have to seek the Lord. And if you feel led, my in-laws lived one block away from me and literally looked at, out their kitchen window to my front yard. So anytime, if anybody, if I had a number of men I was dating or anything, they would have seen it. But I told them one time I went over there to say, I'm your neighbor and I know I'm going to see you frequently, more frequently than most. And I want you to know that I love you and I'm sorry that I filed for divorce 
I'm sorry for what I did because of Bob's circumstances, but God has touched me, and I'm praying for restoration. So you can just know that I will not be dating any other men, and I gave them that uh, comment to them. And you guys kept a relationship going through your separation and divorce. You continued to communicate and you know, partly it was easy because you lived so close. So it might not be as simple for you. It might take more effort. Um, we have a great episode that um, when you're going back to listen to some, you can listen to episode 129 that we did with our friend Jim. And he shares his story of um, his in-law relationship. And he has a powerful story, but boy, you really have to work at it but do your part, just like that scripture we read, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with other people, do your part to keep those relationships going and understand um, that your in-laws may be accepting this other person into their house and that they're in a difficult position. You know, what happened in our situation, my dad would bring his girlfriend to his parents' house and he wanted them to accept her and they wanted to love their son and tell him they didn't approve, but also show love to this other person. And so it's a very tricky situation. So don't be so quick to judge the actions of another person. We've heard people say, well, I'm not talking to my mother-in-law because she allowed the other woman to come to the birthday party. And you have no idea what happened leading up to that. And that doesn't matter. Let God deal with that. You don't have to get yourself all wrapped up about that. Let God deal with it. And you just trust God in the process. I can tell you, I flunked the test at the beginning when Bob did bring um, the other woman to their house. And Bob called me up and asked me to send the children down to uh, Grandpa and Grandma's so that he could see them. And he happened to say, I've got the other woman with me. And I just lost it. And I didn't even think that would happen. And I wasn't expecting it at that moment. And um, I, I acted very, very badly. And, um, and I, what I did was horrible. So you don't ever want to react to your emotions and your pain and suffering. You want to act as what would Jesus do? Right, Exactly. And, you know, we've, we've talked in the past about children, you know, sometimes sin is happening. People are, these, your spouse may be sleeping with another person and there may be a child that comes out of that relationship. And, you know, we've talked about that. Some people see that child as an enemy, as a reminder of the past, and that's not how God sees that child. And, you know, you need to ask him to help you love that child, that child's innocent, and that child is a created person in God's image. And God can help you love that baby, love that stepchild, whatever it is. God can help you love them just like you love your own children. And we've seen many people who have had um, success in doing that because they've allowed God to just transform them. Again, our sin nature says, that child is bad. That child's never coming to my house. That child's part of this other person. But the love Jesus wants us to show people says, love them the way I have loved you. Forgive them the way I've forgiven you. Let me read in Luke chapter 6, verse 27, and go, it goes a little bit. But I will tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, 
Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And, oh, I love that scripture. And there's so written many. in red, let me add. Those are straight from the words of Jesus, written in red. Positively. And that's not saying, uh, you may try this. It's telling you uh, that you need to love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Right. Wow. That's very strong. And Jesus is telling me that. And I had to change my attitude toward the other woman and end up um, helping her at, at a crisis in her life. And you never know, if you start praying for that other person, you will never know what God can do in uh, touching their family and restoring um, family members that are not even saved in their family. You want the best for them. Absolutely. That's what that's what you want. And through seeing the best for somebody else, then we can see God do many miracles in different situations. So it's not easy, but it is possible. And we love to hear how it's happened in your life. And so we want to hear how God is um, challenging you in this area and how you're being victorious. And, you know, this summer you may have the opportunity to interact with the other person or your spouse may call and say the other person's in the hospital and you can send flowers or you see them at a wedding or family function, whatever it is, but go into it prayerfully asking God to give you his love for that other person and praying for their family as well. That's just the best things we can do. Um, To help you with it, we have on our website a resource under prayer resources that you can go to, and it's a PDF that you can click called Three Ways to Pray for the Other Person. You can print this out and tuck it in your Bible, and it'll give you a great guide as you're doing your devotions every day to help you pray for the other person that's in your spouse's life. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but um, definitely grab that resource as you are starting to pray for the other person. And tell us how we can help you pray for that other person. You know, whatever that specific prayer is, we pray for every request that is submitted to us. And so we want to help you pray for this area. Um, Many times we have people write and say, you know, next weekend I'm going to this function and I'm going to be interacting with this other man and we pray for them or I'm going to be here and meeting up with the other person. So we would love to pray for that. So contact us as well through our website and let us know how we can be praying for that. And I know I talked to somebody this week that they're having a wedding this very weekend, and she needed prayer to uh, be able to face her husband, and the other person is not coming to the wedding as requested by the the child that's getting married, that he did not want any extra activities going on that would cause any problems. But I told her that she needed to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ and, um, and enjoy if they take pictures together or if they do not. But I said, pray that they will do family pictures and you just happen to be in and your husband and you're in the same pictures, Mm -hmm. which will be a blessing from God. Yep. And you have no idea how God's going to use your actions. You might not find out for months or years, your actions to impact that person. Without a doubt. We need to pray for that other person. Yeah. 
and their family members. Right. Um, they're all going through different circumstances, and we need to pray because we know a God that can answer prayers. It's definitely an opportunity where you are asking God to give you big big things, and He is faithful, and He'll do it. So we cannot wait to hear how you get victory in this area. Um, you know, save this episode and go back to it and re-listen to it to just be reminded when you find yourself in that situation. But we know that God is a God who hears our prayers, and He will equip you. Thanks for joining us today. I hope this episode is an encouragement. Nothing is too hard for the Lord to do for you. Never forget. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.